Could you tell me what it is you've been doing here? What, what was the issue that you were investigating? Sure. So the, the breast cancer index is currently an assay that's used in the clinic for helping to determine the uh, duration of extended endocrine therapy. Um, so whether or not patients are at risk for a late recurrence after primary adjuvant treatment and whether or not they'll benefit from the continued endocrine therapy. What so, was the controversy here that so you're looking at? The controversy is really that uh, ER positive um, breast cancer patients have a profound uh, continued risk of uh, recurrent breast cancer, distant metastases, going out to 20 years, right? Patients are living longer, they're getting diagnosed earlier, and so you know, in ER positive breast cancer, at least lots of these women are recurring. They're not cured at year five in, in certain cases. So we needed an assay to help identify which of those patients who are disease free at year five will, you know, not have a breast cancer event out to 15 or 20 years. Because there has been quite a lot of recent evidence showing that extending the period of hormone therapy is beneficial in many patients. question is which ones? Absolutely. That's, that's what we hope to identify. Which patients, and, and our current assay helps to do that, is identify which uh, patients are likely to benefit from that extended duration of endocrine therapy, who needs more than five years, who can potentially stop, but this poster specifically is about de-escalation of therapy. So the contrary to that, which patients can uh, we be pretty confident that they don't need uh, uh, continued endocrine therapy because their breast cancer specific survival out to 20 years is profoundly uh, high. Right, so can you first of all describe the test to me and then tell me what you were doing with it? Sure, sure. So the breast cancer index is an assay that uh, you utilize uh, the tissue from the time of diagnosis or the biopsy. Um, it's analyzed for 11 genes uh, by RT-PCR and then a report is generated based on a score, for a BCI score, and what, what we can do is we, we set a threshold that's uh, been validated in uh, multiple trials, and that score helps to determine are you high or low risk. What distinguishes it from other scores using genes? Sure, sure. So these 11 genes are, are they're not shared among the different assays. These are a distinct group of genes, and that's because it was developed uh, using an unbiased approach that was different than, than other assays that were developed for the express use of chemotherapy decision-making. The, the distinguisher here is this is an endocrine therapy decision-making tool. There is no other assay like this. Right, so it has a certain amount of specificity for looking at endocrine therapy sensitivity, does correct, it? Correct, correct, yeah, absolutely. The, the HOXB13 over IL-17 ratio, or H over I ratio as we call it, is the endocrine therapy predictive biomarker that, that no one else is looking at. So can you tell me what you did in the study that you're now reporting? Sure. So what we did is, is in the Stockholm trial, which is, allows for a, a very long-term uh, follow-up, profound follow-up, and it, it's a set of patients that don't really exist in contemporary trials, uh, where the training set had no adjuvant endocrine therapy, and no chemotherapy either, right? So these are these represent the natural history of breast cancers. in this Clean trial. data. Clean data, exactly. And then what we can do is we can discover a threshold at which 
uh, allows for uh, a capturing of a large proportion of these patients, 27% in this trial, that have a very low uh, rate of recurrence, a 20-year breast cancer-specific survival in that one-third of patients who have been treated now with TAM therapy, adjuvant TAM, like contemporary patients, 98% uh, 20-year uh, breast cancer-specific survival. Give me some idea of the size of the, the study and its statistical uh, dependability. Uh, sure, sure. So the, the untreated arm, so the, the no adjuvant endocrine therapy had 283 patients, and the tamoxifen-treated arm had 317 patients. Um, it was a, a generally a low, lower-risk uh, population uh, in breast cancer, and, and that's sort of like contemporary patients that we see these days. They're, they're being detected... Uh, earlier in their in their history, so they're not quite as large. They're maybe not quite as aggressive. Uh, ER positive patients, hormone receptor positive patients, mainly, and you know patients now are receiving uh, may or may not be receiving adjuvant chemotherapy. So in the past, everybody got chemotherapy. Now people are not necessarily getting chemotherapy, and that's represented in this trial. And so the 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 comparison in the approximately 30 percent of patients who have a 99% uh, breast cancer specific survival from 5 to 20 years, you know, that's, that's very different than the, the higher risk patients that are identified with the same assay who have about an 80% uh, 20 year breast cancer specific survival. So it resolves that late recurrence risk. What exactly were the findings? So the findings were that we could identify using this assay with a, a, a newly discovered uh, threshold that um, in, in the patients, so about a third of patients, in this study it was 86 patients that were classified as minimal risk uh, by BCI molecular assay, right? These patients recurred at a rate of, uh, or had a 20-year breast cancer-specific survival of 98%, which identifies a significant proportion of patients who potentially could be spared uh, extended endocrine therapy because they had, their risk is so low to begin with uh, that, that continued therapy is unlikely to uh, benefit a large proportion of those patients. So where does this leave clinicians? Because it sounds as though we may be over-treating at the moment. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's, that, especially with the endocrine therapy, you know, this is a, a therapy that's not nearly as toxic as chemotherapy, right? So um, if you're thinking about the side effect profiles of this versus other agents, you know, certainly they are less with uh, hormonal therapies or, or um, yeah, endocrine therapies, but there are plenty of quality of life issues and there are some serious adverse events that occur in, in women, especially as you treat for longer and longer durations of time. We've seen that from the uh, extended endocrine therapy trials like ATLAS, ADAM, MA17, B42, and in, most recently ABCSG16. So the longer you treat for, particularly with AIs, more bone events you see, so more fractures uh, um, um, and, and skeletal events, right, and, and osteoporosis, right? So if you stop therapy earlier, you could prevent, uh, potentially prevent uh, unnecessary side effects in women with a profoundly uh, good uh, risk profile over time. So what, what sort of message would you like to send out to cancer doctors right now then? Let biology sort of lead the way in, in, uh, in thinking about your breast cancer patients, early stage breast cancer patients. Um, you know, the, we're already doing that in the chemotherapy realm uh, where 
the, the treatment paradigm has changed from a treat-all approach to a de-escalation approach. The same can be applied to an endocrine therapy approach, and I think physicians are, are, are doing that already uh, with, with some clinical factors, but we can further refine that using assays uh, like the Breast Cancer Index. And could you spell out for me the sort of typical profile of a patient where this kind of consideration applies, borderline, and therefore you genuinely may not know what is the best decision? Sure. So, I mean, you can think about uh, patients with just a couple nodes positive, you know, one to three nodes positive, who have, you know, that confers a significant uh, clinical risk, uh, just the node positive itself, but let's say they're lower grade, they're lower size, but node positive, that may be a patient who'd be considered for extended adjuvant therapy, and there, there are a number of those patients who aren't going to benefit and have a low risk profile. This data uh, presented at ASCO 2018 shows that there are uh, patients you know, that, that are node negative who may or may not have slightly elevated clinical risk profiles um, that, that can be spared, uh, potentially spared adjuvant endocrine, uh, extended adjuvant hormonal therapy because um, they, they have such a low profound risk. You know, I think the paradigm has, has keeps shifting. Longer, shorter, you know, we look at the early breast cancer trialist data that really changed the landscape in, in pointing out that that as women live longer, they're more and more likely to have a recurrence, and there are subsets of them that we can pretty confidently identify are not going to recur. If you were to spell out the, the main take-home message for doctors right now, what would that be? De-escalation of therapy is, is certainly the new paradigm. We can do that in the chemotherapy realm, and we, we can also do that in the uh, extended endocrine therapy realm. Uh, using molecular assays as well as clinical factors, uh, these things both have a, a role to play in this, in this area.